Happy New Year. <laughs> I had one of my deacons tell me yesterday, he said, don't come in. And I said, I can't. This is, this is my life. This, this sounds like church is my life. God is my life. And uh, the message that the Lord gives me and my calling is my life. And the last thing I want to do is shut off life. And he didn't mean it in a negative way at all. He was trying to just give me a break, just knowing the weight that kind of sat on us today. But no matter what happened yesterday, nothing can remove the excitement of God. It, it did not remove it. Um, yesterday was a sad day. Today is still a sad day. My mom's not here today. It's been a hard couple, 18 months, uh, two years. But who out there hasn't had a hard 18 months or two years? It's not just me. I'm not the one standing here that's had the bad time. We are all battling through something. But I want you to know I got up this morning with hope. And I'm not trying to play some religious game. I genuinely have hope. And I, if I get emotional today, yeah, it's because I love my sister, but it's more so because I am concerned that we as a church body miss what it is that God's doing. We can miss it. Today's scripture, I'm going to show you that we can miss it. The children of Israel missed it several times. But God was always faithful. Whenever they turned, there he was, waiting, desiring. He desires you. God desires you. I don't believe that yesterday was God's plan. However, God is not removed from the situation. God is here. Yesterday was a tragic day. But today is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to encourage you. I want, first of all, I want to ask you just to be praying for me and praying that the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. It's going to be easy to get emotional. It's going to be easy to get sidetracked. But the Holy Spirit has a message for us today. He has a specific rhema message for us today. And it is my heart. The only reason I would show up today is to deliver that. God has a plan for you today. And I want you to hear it. So be praying, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us and that we do not get sidetracked or that we miss what it is that you're saying. Because I'm going to show you in Hebrews chapter 4, we can miss it. I can miss it. All right, y'all got your Bibles? All right, let's go. What is happening here? This is not the start I was looking forward to. All right, let's start right there. Okay, uh, Liz, I'm going to get you to help me. I'm a, ba- I'm a mess up here, so I'm going to let you uh, handle it. All right, here we go. This is from the message, so if you're reading a different translation, great. I'm going to try to skip back to the, the what I call normal translation. I grew up on the New King James. You may have grow, grow, grown up on the King James. Those are very similar. Don't, don't, get your hair, don't let your hair set on fire over that, but here we go. The message, Hebrews chapter 4, in Jesus' name speak. For as long as then, as that promise of resting in him pulls on us to God's goal for us, 
For as long then as that promise of resting in him pulls us on to God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. Did you hear that? We need to be careful that we're not disqualified. We received the same promises as those people in the wilderness. Next verse. But the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. Who didn't? We didn't. We need to put us in this place. This is new. This is the new covenant. This is Hebrews, right? This is for us today. This is for the new covenant church. For as long then as that promise of resting in him pulls on us, pulls on pulls us on to God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. We received the same promises as those people in the wilderness. But the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. What's this telling us right here in the first scripture? To be careful that we're not disqualified. Church, this is a warning for us. I got up this morning with a warning that God's saying, don't miss what it is that I'm doing because you can Church on the hill, don't think because you walked an aisle that everything is going to go right for you. God continues to warn us in Hebrews, be careful. He kept saying, turn your ear. Make sure you're listening. Make sure you're paying attention. He says again, be careful that we're not disqualified. Do you remember in Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 3, keep a good grip. Don't drift away. Church on the hill, Keep a good grip. You, say me. Keep a good grip. Don't turn a deaf ear. It says back in the first section, the first, I'm going to just try, Liz, just kind of help me if I get lost here. Let's go back. It says, we received the same promises as those people in the wilderness. What I want you to tie this to is that the promises of God that you read in God's word are for you. That is not a thing of the past. That is a thing of today. And I'm going to show you in this scripture that it is today. You can hang on to the promises of God. But Hebrews chapter 4 talks about taking the promises of God and mixing them with faith. When you mix them with faith, God does it. When you remove faith, you become disqualified and you miss it. So let's talk about faith. It says the same promises, but they are no good. I'm sorry, I'm going to jump around and it's just going to be this way this morning. They didn't do them a bit of good. Why? Church, this is for you. Why didn't they do them a bit of good? Because they did not receive the, the promises with faith. Man, I'm telling you, this is a wake-up call. 
It, I'm, I get excited. You may be thinking, man, he's beating me to death with this. No, wake up. Mix your faith. Kind of feel like a big, it, it's going to sound bad. Everybody forgive me, but don't say it. She's screaming at me. Don't say it. Okay, I won't. It's a new year, new me. What do we know about faith being mixed with God's Word? You remember Jesus saying, because of your faith, you are healed. Because of your faith, your faith has healed you. Because of your faith or because of your lack of faith. So what's faith? I know you know it, but hear it again. Because we turn deaf ears, we go stupid. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? Your faith comes by hearing, and your faith comes by the Word of God. Your faith. You can't get some other faith some other way. It comes by the Word of God. There is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. John chapter 1 says that Jesus is the Word. When you get the Word, you get Jesus. When you get the Word, you get faith. Something supernatural takes place in your spirit. And it affects your words, it affects your heart, it affects your mind. All of a sudden, the right words line up because your faith lines up with God, and God is pleased by faith. When I exercise my faith, God has to respond. There is no other option but for Him to respond. He can't not respond because He is faithful. When I engage, he has to. He has to. Your faith, your hearing, your hearing by the word of God. What is faith? Faith believes in what God says. Did you hear me? Faith believes in what God says and it acts in line with his word. The actions follow. Faith is a action. Let me say that grammatically correct. Faith is an action. If Justin were in here, he, oh yeah, better. Justin's a good, uh, he likes his uh, uh, grammar correct. Yeah. Faith. But I want you to know hearing isn't enough. You can receive the promise, you can hear the word, but it's, if it's not believed, believed so much that you act or you, you act in faith on it, you miss it. You, the promises did you no good because they were not received in faith. I love to know why my equation didn't work. I love to know why I wound up why I did. And God is telling us, you have wound up where you are outside of what God wants for you because of your faith. Okay, I can do better. Let's continue on the next verse. Let me back up. 
your faith. So faith is believing in Jesus, in his word, and acting according to that belief, right? So let's talk about just in the natural, how faith works in, the, it works in me or works in you. Think about your faith in your spouse, married people. Think about your faith in your spouse. Now, you may be having a rocky, rocky time. A rocky time. That's a new word. A rocky time. I, let me tell you, marriage is difficult. Marriage is tough. Marriage is relationship and two people trying to not kill each other and live together. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Uh, marriage is learning to not be selfish. And nobody likes that. I like, I like things my way in my time. And for things to be seen the way that I see them. And I want you to know my wife does not see things the way that I see them. Her filter is different than my filter. Do you know that God's ways are greater than your ways? This is a very similar thing. So I want you to think about your faith in your spouse. Let's just talk about that just for, for a minute. Your faith in your spouse is based on your living and breathing and talking and proving and arguing and loving and making agreements and honoring those or not. Think about your faith with those that you're close to. It's based on your trust. It's based on your time. It's based on your trustworthiness or not. Your faith in each other may be rocky based on your experience. Your belief in God's word is going to grow and get stronger by your experience in walking out that word. My faith grows by walking with God. My faith falters by walking without God. Faith in God works the same way. You spend time in the Word with Jesus, with His Spirit, reading His Word, trying it, praying about it, proving it, if it's trust, trustworthy, constantly living a life of, can I really trust you, Jesus? When you truly commit to God's Word, He proves Himself to you. He proves Himself faithful, trustworthy, the character of God comes out through His Word, through you. He proves Himself. These names of God that you've heard but you've never experienced, He will prove Himself through you, in you, with you. He doesn't want you to be a sideline, to be only just hear from the pulpit how great God is and for you just to learn to accept that. No, that was never His intent. His intent was to be with you. For you firsthand to know him. The whole purpose of Jesus coming back was to restore you back to the Father. There was a veil that kept us away from him. Jesus came back and tore the veil to restore you back to God. To not have to rely on a man once a year to make things right for you. Faith in God is an experience. Faith is a verb. It's an action. I need to turn the speed up a little bit. Next, uh, next scripture. God made that vow. Even though he'd finished his part before the foundation of the world, somewhere it is written, God rested the seventh day, having completed his work. But in this other text, he says, next verse, 
They'll never be able to sit down and rest. So this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. It's about to get exciting. That wasn't very exciting. These people missed it. Now, it just said in the Scripture before that God had already done everything that needed to be done. Did you catch that? Can I repeat that? God rested on the seventh day, having completed His work. But the people missed it. They were never able to sit down and rest due to their disobedience. But everybody, everybody pay attention with me just for a few more minutes. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. God's promise has been set for you today. Not back at creation. Not back when the children of Israel were delivered from slavery. Not even back when Jesus was crucified. It is set as today. God's promise is for you today. It has been set for today. It's way more exciting than you are receiving. Where are we? Can you help me to the next scripture? Uh, Amen. Everybody listen. Yes, sir. I say to you, my people, in the end times in which you live, there will be a lot of confusion. The confusion will be with us as part of our lifestyle. We will see things we don't comprehend. We have no way of understanding. But I say to you, that confusion that goes on throughout the world in our lives should be that the Lord is saying it is a part of life. Be not dismayed nor be not discouraged. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. That's John Owens. I want you to know in Corinthians it talks about tongues and interpretations. I believe that's what just happened. I want to encourage you. Don't reject. That may have been different. Don't reject. I want you to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. Now, I'm going to keep preaching, but I want you to know that I believe that John hears God. I believe that was according to God's Word. There is nothing outside of God's Word that just happened right there. Maybe new to you, but do not shut down. Let's keep going. God's speaking to you, and He's speaking. That is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that just happened here. So let's keep going. Verse 8 through 11. I want you to back up one scripture. Thank you. Just as, just as he did in David's psalm centuries later than the original invitation. Today, church, listen. Today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. 
Now, I'm almost done, but we're not done with Hebrews 4. So we've just heard that God's promise is for today. God did everything, but the people missed it. But God is setting his promise for today. Are we together? Then immediately says, don't turn a deaf ear. Already, we want to shut down. Don't. This is natural. This happens. We get ADD. We want to chill out. We want to make it to Zaxby's before everybody else does. But God's got life for you right now. There will be food at Zaxby's. That's not a thus saith the Lord. There may not be. So, next scripture. This is still a live promise. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing the appointment for today. The promise of arrival and rest is still there for the people of God. Next verse. God himself is at rest. At the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with God. So let's keep at it and eventually arrive at the place of rest. Not a drop out not drop out through some sort of disobedience. I don't think I need to preach that. Let's keep going. Verse 12. God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. You're going to remember this scripture. It divides between the soul and the spirit. What is the scripture saying? It's saying that when you get dumbfounded and you don't know where to go, it is only the word of God that will separate you from your own thoughts. That will get you out of stinking thinking and back on the right track. There is no other way to get back on track except by God's word. It is the only thing that can separate between the world and the spirit. Everything else is going to get messed up. That's why when you get to hurting and you get on empty, you must get back in the Word. Because you will never get the truth. You'll keep trying on your own, but you can't get there on your own. Somebody say hallelujah. I can get to the bottom of my issue by getting in the Word. The Word of God tells me right here that if I will just get in the Word, God will do surgery on my brain and will get me back on the right track. I don't have to worry about getting back on the right track. God has to worry about it. Come on. You're trying to get free. I can feel it. Something supernatural is happening. I just... Amen, Vicky. Amen. I can't either. God means what he says. Your thoughts can deceive you. The world can deceive you. Satan can deceive you. And the only way to discern truth is by the word of God. Reading, meditating, studying, digging, searching, absorbing. Now, I'm almost done. 
I, I know I'm, I'm that preacher that says I'm closing, and then I keep closing. My fourth closing. I'm almost done. Amen. Amen. All right, next verse. This is the last one. Now that we know what we have. Now that we know what we have. Now that you know the right way to go, I'm telling you, you're going to walk out of here and have a choice. It's not over. You haven't now gotten your victory and everything's great. It's just starting. Don't turn a deaf ear and don't miss what it is that's happening today. God is giving you direction, but you've got to take direction. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest, I want you to catch this word, with ready access to God. He has ready access to God. I'm going to come back to that. Let's not let slip through our fingers. Here it comes again. Keep a firm grip. Don't turn a deaf ear. Don't be disqualified. Don't let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. What does that mean? That means he is in touch with where you are. Why? Because, let's see what it says. Next verse. He's been through weakness and testing. almost said texting. (laughs) He's been through weakness and testing. Experienced it all. All but the sin. That's why when when we get Jesus, we get life without... We we, we get the benefit of life without sin. I, I get made righteous because Jesus went through what I've gone through, but he did it without sin. And he gave me what he had. He gave it to me. I'm an inheritance. I get an inheritance of the king, which is a sin-free king, that I can walk this life as though I never sinned. Even though if you look at the wake behind me, it's full of sin. But I get covered by the blood of Jesus. The only way I get that is by faith. Remove the faith, my mess gets back in my way. He's been through testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy. And accept the help. Next scripture. You're going to remember this one. This is going to just take the message back to home to where, what you're used to. Let, therefore come, let's, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to find help in time of need. You. Me. Me, you, therefore, I know you've heard me say this. What is it there for? Therefore, because Jesus is our high priest who has ready access to the Father. He went behind the veil to make, the high priest went behind the veil to make atonement for our sins, to offer up thank offerings, to bring you before God. Now that Jesus is our high priest, we gain access to the throne. There is no longer a separation. It says, you go boldly to the throne. 
Quit waiting for someone else to go. No one can go for you anymore. That's been undone. That day is over. That is Old Testament. We are not going back to the Old Testament and not accepting what Jesus did on the cross. We accept what Jesus did on the cross and we therefore go into the throne room of God. With Jesus. We go with Jesus. It's the only way. The only way you go into the presence of God is without sin. And you're full of sin. I'm sorry to tell you that, but you're full of sin. But Jesus goes with you. Today, he goes with us. He's been through what you've been through. And he did it without sin. You know, I think about right now about me losing a sister. Did Jesus ever lose a sibling? Of course he did. He's alive. And all his siblings are dead. He has been through what I've been through. He's been tempted. He's been hurt. He's been hurt way worse than I've ever been hurt. He's been rejected way worse than I've ever been rejected. I can't imagine being treated like Jesus has been treated forever. After everything that he's done. Can you see that that's who we have that goes with us? I want to go back and just finish right here and say, he's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and let him help you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I know that your spirit is here. Something feels different today. And even though Satan tries to give us a curveball through our circumstances, you can't have us, Satan. You can't have my joy. You can't have it. God, you're so good. Father God, you are so good. Jesus, you are so good. Spirit of God that is in my heart, you are so good. And I know you're here. No one can talk me out of that. I just ask, Lord, that we just turn We turn our ear to you and to your word. Father God, help us. It's easy at the first of the year to make commitments. Lord, let us make a lifelong commitment today to you and to your word. Increase our faith. Let us make a decision not to be disqualified, to keep a firm grip, to not turn a deaf ear, and to make a change, a change toward you. We just bless you this morning. Jesus' name, amen.